what is going on everyone welcome to the fourth episode of the bats cave this pop culture podcast where i your host alex bats talk about basically whatever's on my mind uh the last week whatever i've been watching reading uh, writing about uh, any news that's broke things like that i normally will say that i have at least one batman related thing to talk about because uh, batman uh obviously kind of is, is my go-to is my favorite i gotta start this off by saying man how much do allergies suck um uh, if I sound nasally, it's because of my allergies. The past like week or so, my allergies have just been absolutely killer. They've sucked. Uh, today's been especially terrible. It's gonna be a miracle if I make it to get if I manage to get through this uh, this next like hour or so without sneezing. Um, so yeah, there's that. Also, uh, warnings uh, not really a warning, but just um, if there's like a couple second silence. Uh, for you audio listeners, I'm probably just taking a drink of water because I get really parched while uh, while doing this this hour of talking. So um, so yeah, just so if you if you hear a couple seconds of, of no audio, that's probably why. <clears throat> Don't worry, your headphones didn't break. Uh, the internet didn't didn't randomly stop. Probably, maybe it did. Um, but yeah, so, so there's that. Uh, I guess before I get into the main topic of this week, which you will definitely know by the title. It's going to be about the Rise of Skywalker trailer. Oh, oh, man, I have some thoughts on that. But before I get into that, a uh, quick like box office update for Joker. So as of I haven't checked it today, but as of the end of the weekend, Joker was at like 737 million worldwide, um, which is insane. That's so much more than I could have imagined that it would make, honestly, like I it's basically 900 millions pretty much a lock for this movie which is insane um no r-rated movie has made 800 million in general like deadpool 2 has the record right now at 785 million with the first deadpool being just underneath it at 783 million and so joker's easily going to pass those it's going to be the first r-rated movie to ever make over 800 million dollars not adjusted for inflation um and so that's crazy in itself, but the fact that it's like pretty much guaranteed to hit 900 million, which is over 100 million more than any R-rated movie has ever made, is just bonkers. Like I don't, I I keep on saying it's insane, but like I don't know how else to describe that. That's so wild that this movie has done as well as it had. It had like a 58 million dollar budget. Like they have made over 700 million dollars. Like basically all of the box office for this movie is profit like the um i saw the forbes article actually this past weekend um that was talking about it the box office update was saying that like after this past weekend it became one of the most profitable comic book movies of all time um the only ones that beat it i think are the original teenage mutant ninja turtles movie because that had like a 13 million dollar budget or so and it made like 300 million or something and then uh, The Mask with Jim Carrey was also a similar situation. Situation. I can't remember the exact numbers for those, but they're, like, somewhere around there. So, like, those are just, like, that's a different scale just because those budgets were, like, so, so low and the amount of money they made. But just the, if you just look at the budget to box office ratio for Joker, it's just, it's insanity. Like, it's made so, so much. And it's done it without China, too. Like, there's, no, it, this movie has not released in China um, I don't know if it will. I wouldn't be surprised if WB is put like makes a push for it to release in China, but then they also don't need it. Like, it's it's interesting. I had some people on Twitter um 
engaging with me about it and whatnot. And like China's system for um, censorship, I guess, for movies is really um, specific. It's not if a movie's rated R, it's automatically not like allowed to be shown in China because like a movie can be rated R for language and like that might not be something like that might not restrict it from being shown in China. They have a very rigorous process that they go through where a lot of the times producers rock will actually work directly with, I think it's like a board that they have um, where they'll watch a film and they'll give it like a rating. And if it's at uh, like too low of a number, then the, the like, producers will like go through and like make edits and change things and then present the movie again. And then they'll like go from there and kind of do this like process. But that's normally done while a studio is making a movie. Um, because they want to be able to secure that Chinese release. Obviously, WB didn't give a fuck about that with Joker um, because it has such a small budget anyways, and they were confident they would make enough money um, without China to where it didn't really matter, which they were 100% right about. This movie's made so much money. Um, but so uh, I think it's plausible that it could get a Chinese release uh, just because the violence in it, while is definitely... Um, I don't even know if brutal is the right word. I mean, it kind of is brutal. It's very visceral, I guess. Like, the violence that you see in it is um, real, I, I guess, is maybe the best way to describe it. But it's not the violent. It's not like Saw. Like, there's not just a lot of over-the-top gore and um, violence for the sake of violence. Like, it's just very impactful in the moments when you do get it. Um but so I feel uh, I'm not completely educated in this regard, but I think that movies with the worst violence have been shown like in theaters in China and been approved to, to screen there. So I don't know if violence would necessarily take it out of the race. Um, it doesn't have any um, physical nudity in it. There are pornographic images very quickly in some cuts, which I feel like you can maybe CGI out or like get rid of if you were WB and you really, really wanted that Chinese release. Uh, and then besides that, the language is really the only thing. Um, and so the language and themes, I guess, would be probably the two biggest things in my mind that would be um, iffy about a Chinese release, uh, I guess. Um, but so I don't know. That's kind of if if they do make a push for it to get a Chinese release, though, and if they do secure a Chinese release, um, this movie easily crosses a billion dollars, which um, that's <laughs> uh, that would just be bonkers like a joker solo movie crossing a billion dollars like it's already made way more than justice league had um which is hilarious to me because uh, justice league sucks i hate that movie so much that's a that's a whole other um podcast topic at some point uh in the future but yeah just the, the fact that joker's made as much as it had like 900 million is pretty much a lock without china um which is just extremely impressive i'm sure wb is beyond happy about that i hope that this I don't want to get too much into my... I've already talked about those with Joker. Go watch my Joker review if you haven't already for more thoughts on, on this and whatnot. But yeah, just a box office update. It's still crushing it. It made more than Malef Maleficent did on Monday, which was yesterday at the time that I'm recording this. Um, it made more than Maleficent at the box office in its third week. And Maleficent came out this past weekend, I'm pretty sure. So uh, yeah, it's, it's still holding very, very strong, uh, at least domestically. And internationally, I'm pretty sure it's pulling even more. So, uh, so yeah, Joker's doing phenomenally well at the box office. Um, watch it if you haven't. Uh, definitely recommend it. But, but yeah, so that's a, a quick Joker box office update. Um, I think that's the biggest like direct Batman tie that I have to talk about this week. Um, 
Over the past few weeks, we've been getting uh, a lot, I mean, over the past like week specifically, really, I think it's been a little over a week now, but we got a lot of information about Matt Reeves' Batman, including some pretty key casting. We know who's going to be playing Catwoman and uh, the Riddler now, uh, Zoe Kravitz and Paul Dano. Dano? I don't know how to say his last name. I should I should Google that. Um, but I've had a couple, couple people on Twitter ask me about doing an episode on Matt Reeves' Batman uh, and talking about it, and I will. I want to a lot. Trust me, I have so many things that I want to say about that movie. Um, but right now, I'm just waiting because I don't want to record an episode talking about it. And then, like, two days later, we get, like, Harvey Dent casting or Penguin casting or whatever. Like, I know that there's going to constantly be more information that we get about this movie until release at this point. But I want to at least wait until they start filming because I feel like whenever they start filming would be a pretty good um, chance to do that. Um, hopefully. I don't know. I'll either do it right when they start filming or I'll wait until after we get a first look at the Batsuit. I don't know. Maybe I'll do one before, like, right when they're starting filming and then I can speculate about the Batsuit and then I'll do one after we get a Batsuit revealed too. Talk about that a lot. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I hear you, uh, people on Twitter, asking about extended thoughts about Mallory's Batman, which I definitely yell about it enough on Twitter anyways. Um, but I do, I really want to do an episode about it. I'm just kind of waiting at this at this point because I don't want to... I don't want to do a whole episode and then have information come out like two days later that I wish that I could have included in that episode. Um, so I'm just waiting at the time. Um, short thoughts for now. I, the casting is absolutely incredible. It's 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> this movie is going to be so, so good. I'm so excited. Uh, my, ha- my hype levels are way too high for as far away as this movie still is. It's kind of unreal. Um, but yeah, so that episode is coming in the relatively near future. Um, so I guess be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, besides that, the main thing that I'm that I'm talking about this week is Star Wars, which oh man, I have oh I have a lot of thoughts about Star Wars. So if you don't know, uh, if you don't follow me on my main account on Twitter, you might not know. And even if you follow me on there, you might not know as much because I don't really, I don't. Uh, I actually tweeted this yesterday whenever the trailer dropped that like I don't. I'll go a while without talking about Star Wars, kind of. Um, but. I need to make it abundantly clear that I'm complete Star Wars trash. Like, I love, besides Batman, Star Wars is probably my, like, next biggest love outside of comic books. Um, Star Wars is something, I mean, if you're watching the video, uh, bad angle. Um, But yeah, like, if you're watching the video podcast, you can see, I have, I literally, besides Batman, I have a Star Wars tattoo. Like, that's the other tattoo that I have. Um, So yeah, I I really, Star Wars is so just everything about it appeals to me so much like i'm such a big sci-fi and fantasy really are super intriguing to me and always have been um i'll have to do an episode on fantasy stuff fantasy stuff at some point but uh, star wars just kind of like i'm too young to um have grown up when the original trilogy was actually releasing um i didn't i didn't see that but um i did technically still grow up with the original trilogy you know like they those were the first star wars movies that i watched whenever i was really young and then the prequel trilogy i saw those come out um i actually didn't get to see any of them in theaters it's kind of a funny story i um god i don't remember how i can't remember the years that any of these released i should have googled them beforehand but i didn't oh well um but for for episode three it was funny because, um, at the time I actually was like, my dad 
had wanted me to learn how to ride a bike and I, for whatever reason, was being really stubborn about it and just did not want to. I was like, no, I don't want to. I guess I was kind of scared at the time. I don't know. I was, li I was little. Um, <clears throat> but my dad said that um, I couldn't watch episode three until I learned how to ride a bike. And so I didn't see episode three in theaters because I was like, no, I'm not learning how to ride this bike. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't see it. And then it ended up coming out on like DVD and I still couldn't watch it for, I don't know how long, but for a little bit, like after it came out, because I still, I was like, no, I'm not learning how to ride a bike. But then eventually I was like, man, I really want to watch Star Wars. And so I did. And, um, I learned how to ride a bike. And so that's, uh, that's when I got to watch episode three. But, but yeah, besides that, like, I don't know, I don't remember the exact timeline of that. And then also there was these Star Wars books um, I wish I could remember the name of the series, but there's a series, I don't remember the author either, either. um, but it was an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I'm pretty sure, that was set, like, between episodes three and four, I think, um, and they were these small, I mean, I guess they're young adult, I don't know if they were children, I feel like they were young adult books, um, I mean, I got them in the kid, uh, the kids section, technically, of, um, Borders, the bookstore, um, but they're, like a hundred or so pages thick probably and there was like eight or nine of them in this like series uh and I remember one time I had my dad take me up there and I literally just grabbed like like seven of them and then my dad was like whoa like that because I mean I didn't think about it at the time like that's a pretty decent amount of money just to like drop on some like books real quick um but yeah I got like six or seven of those books and like I would just blow through them like I would just straight up read like one a day um they're just so good and like Star Wars uh it's just such a fascinating world and universe to me, like the the Jedi and the Sith and, and everything about it really is just so, like there's so many different narrative avenues that you can go down in different thematic, um, just things to explore and characters to spend time with and just, it's got, it's got such a perfect mix of action, drama, like emotion, just relevant, like it's so out of this world but also so relatable in so many different ways uh, and I think that resonated even like as a kid and it, it's of course got that huge sense of wonder too like it's in a like a long time ago in a galaxy far far away like it just it immediately like pulls you into that universe uh, and makes you care and then also just like how cool are lightsabers you know like what kid doesn't want to have like a lightsaber I mean I still want to have a lightsaber now but like you know like what kid sees a lightsaber and like doesn't think that's the coolest thing ever you know um and so that's obviously like one of the main draws. So like I read those books so much. I read the, um, I think they're just like titled like um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And like, I don't know if it was Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader, but there's these books that came out. Um, and it was just like, it just had their faces like on the, the hard covers for them. I got those books and like read those. Um, and yeah, so I don't remember if those came before or after episode three. I, I, I don't know about that timeline, but like, I've just always, I just always remember since I was very young being like super into Star Wars. And then I remember with episode three and, um, the DVD, I watched that DVD over and over and over again. And I would watch the special features on that so many times that I think, like, I probably remember whenever I was little watching the special features on Revenge of the Sith, like that and Batman Begins are the two like special features, like watches that I remember the most from being young. Like I would just 
watch the special features for that over and over again. It was just so fascinating to me, and it was just so cool seeing like how all of it was made. And then it was just a really cool cycle where I'd watch the special features, and that would make me want to watch the movie. And then watching the movie would make me want to watch the special features, and like I would just go back and forth. And I would just spend so much time doing that. Um, and so, yeah, I just, from a young, young age, I remember just loving Star Wars so much, and that just never really went away. Like, I always have just loved Star Wars, been super interested in it since then. Uh, you know, of course, we had this huge lull, I guess, this gap t between the prequels and now the Disney Star Wars era. But between those two, we had, um, you know, all of the Legends lore and things like that. And up until a few years ago, actually, probably post-Disney acquisition, I hadn't really read a lot of, um, like, actually read a lot of Legends material. I had read up on it, like, researched it and seen and, like, read things online about it. And so, like, I knew loosely a lot of the Legends canon and things like that. I knew about the Old Republic, of course, and things like that. Um, but I didn't actually, like, firsthand read any of it. Um, I remember loving the Force Unleashed video games. And I actually read the Force Unleashed uh, companion book, the first one. I don't think I've read the second one. Um... I just loved those. Um, but yeah, Star Wars has just always been super prevalent to me. And then these, uh, yeah, just the Disney trilogy. Like, I remember when we, like, found out we were getting more Star Wars movies. And that was just insane to me. It was so crazy that that, that was happening. And then just the, the Force Awakens really, like, it's so it's so wild because, like, I've, I've heard the, like, line a lot, like, the force awakens is a new hope for a new generation which i think it really is because like there's so many obvious parallels that you can draw between a new hope and the force awakens like there's a very obvious influence there but i don't think that's a bad thing at all like uh, and i am sure that i'll get a lot of slack for this but like i like the force awakens significantly more than i like a new hope like i said earlier like i wasn't I wasn't alive when the original movies came out, so I don't have as strong of an emotional attachment with the original trilogy as people that are a little bit older than me. And so, like, I like them. I love them a lot. Of course, they're Star Wars. I mean, I can't, I can't not. But um, at the same time, like, I don't, I don't love them as much as a lot of people do. Um, I'm the reason I'm looking. I'm pulling up my list because I actually have a list on Letterboxd of my like Star Wars films ranked. And I definitely know it's going to ruffle some feathers. But, like, there's only... Oof, there's one movie in the original trilogy that makes my top five. And, like, that's crazy. I know most people are like, what? That's insane. Um, but, yeah, The Force Awakens... Like, I am a bigger fan of the sequel trilogy than any other Star Wars films. Um, the sequel trilogy... Really, it's just the Disney movies. Like, I love the Disney movies so much. And part of that is because, like, they're straight up from a filmmaking standpoint and a technical standpoint they're so so good like star wars has literally never looked sounded just production wise it has never been better than it is right now i feel like you cannot argue that like i think that that's something that even the people who don't like the narrative direction that some of these movies have gone like you can't refute just how good it looks and sounds right now and that's just part of the immediate draw for me and then on top of that just the fact that i also have really really loved the sequel trilogy from a narrative perspective um really just compounds to make this um like they just it's so great to me and then also that added on with the fact that these are the first star wars movies i've experienced in the theater 
Um, and so like all of those factors just kind of mesh and meld together to just make it like, this is my star Wars, I guess. Like I'm not, I'm doing air quotes here growing up now. Like I'm grown kind of, I'm 23. I'm not old, but like, I'm not super young. Like I'm not like in my teen, I'm not a teenager and I'm not like a kid. Like I'm not like growing up, growing up with these, but like they're, I feel like I called these my Star Wars movies. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit too young to say that the prequel trilogy are my Star Wars films. Like, they kind of are. I could have seen them in theaters, but I didn't. Like, I grew up with them, yeah, and, like, I definitely have memories watching them when I was little, but, like, I didn't... There's not... It's just not that same connection, I guess, that I feel with the sequel trilogy. I don't know. It's kind of... It's weird trying to explain it because I feel weird saying that, like, these are the Star Wars movies that I'm growing up with, but... I don't know, like, they're the first ones that I've experienced in theaters, so they are to me, um, and so I really love them for that, but, but yeah, before, I, I'm gonna just gonna go ahead and say my list real quick, which I'm planning on over the next couple weeks slash months rewatching all of the Star Wars movies, so I'll probably do an episode, or a couple episodes that's, um, talking specifically about the films, because I don't want to talk about each film in this episode, it's not what this one is about, um, but yeah, just to ruffle some feathers, because I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh my god, how do you, how is this list even a thing? Um, so my number one Star Wars movie is the last, okay, so here's my list, I'll just go from one to four, eight, to ten. So I have The Last Jedi at number one, and then The Force Awakens and Rogue One, I have it two and three, and those two can honestly flip-flop for me. Um, the Force Awakens, I put head of Rogue One, kind of mainly just because of Kylo. I love Kylo so much. Kylo, my cat is named Kylo, if you didn't know. Um, and so I'm very, he's my favorite Star Wars ca character, my favorite canon Star Wars character, for sure. The only people that rival him are Darth Bane and Revan. They're not even, Bane's technically canon, that's a different conversation. Um, but my favorite canon character is easily Kylo. Um, and so that's kind of why The Force Awakens nudges out Rogue One. But, like, Rogue One is just, it's its so good. It's right there. So, yeah, The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens, Rogue One, Empire Strikes Back is at my number four spot. Because, I mean, it's Empire. Like, that movie, do I really need to talk about why that movie's uh, as high up as it is? Um, and then, so after that, I'm looking at this list and I actually feel like, I haven't edited this in a while, but... On the list, whenever I made it, I put Solo at number five and Revenge of the Sith at number six. I would probably flip those around. I'd probably put Revenge of the Sith at number five and then Solo at number six. But I don't know. I need I need to watch both of them again. Um, I really have been dying to watch Solo again recently, so I'm excited to do that uh, soon. But then after number six, we have um, A New Hope and then Return of the Jedi. And then uh, The Phantom Menace at... Uh, nine, and then Attack of the Clones at number 10. Um, I feel like most people can kind of agree with that number nine and 10. Like, I think there's some good, I'll even say great moments in Attack of the Clones. But overall, meh. I mean, I think the prequel trilogy gets a little too, a little, it gets too much hate than it, than it deserves. But like, I mean, they're definitely like bottom tier of the movies. I still really love them because they're Star Wars, but like, meh. Phantom Menace, though, the Duel of the Fates for, like, that alone makes it, like, fantastic. Um, but, yeah, that's my ranking. Feel free to leave a, a, a bunch of hate comments about it. I know it's very, um, it's something. But, but yeah, so, I mean, uh, I guess if I'm going to try to avoid talking about just every other Star Wars movie for so long, um, 
if this long-winded winded introduction has done anything, it's just to set up the fact that like I love the Star Wars universe and the movies so much. And um, yesterday we got uh, the final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker. And um, yeah, I definitely cried a little bit. Like it's um, it's crazy that the saga is it's going to end. Like I don't know what to do with myself. It's um, I don't know. It's it's the end of the Skywalker saga, which is something. I mean, like we knew this was coming. We knew whenever the Force Awakens started that they were doing, you know, another trilogy. That it was going to be seven, eight, and nine. Um, but it's just so crazy that we're here now. Like we're, I mean, in less than two months, we'll have or I'll have seen most of you listening probably. I don't know how if you got your tickets for opening night or opening weekend or what, but it within two months, the rise of Skywalker will be out. It'll be in theaters. I'll have seen it. I'll have experienced the end of the Skywalker saga. And, um, I'm definitely not ready for that. (laughs) Um, it's, it's going to be something just in it's, it's hard to put into words really like the, I don't know, like, I'm so torn on it because on the one hand, you're like, oh, man, I wish this could, like, go on forever. But then I'm also a very big proponent and, like, one of the things that makes a, like, great story so great is the fact that it ends, you know? Like, if you can stick that ending, then then that just makes it all, all the more perfect. And so that's what this is and is aiming to be and is it's really trying to like wrap up the entire Skywalker saga that started in 77. Like that's, that's so long. And it's so, it's something that, I mean, like while I was alive for most of my life, I didn't think that we would be seeing this like for the long, like we got the prequel trilogy and we were like, okay, that's it, I guess, you know, like there was, um, you know, talk of maybe future Star Wars movies, but now we're like, we're two, we're almost three, the sequel trilogy is almost done. Like we're getting it. It's happening. It's it. The third film is about to come out the end, the end of the saga. And it's just, it's aiming to wrap up everything that's come before it. Like the, the, all of these films have been about the Skywalker lineage. Like that's been the heart of them. And, and we're going to get more Star Wars films after this. Of course, we're not going to get a film for like three years after this, which, um, that kind of hurts a little bit. We'll be getting like series and stuff on Disney Plus, which is good. But but this is this is the end of the Skywalker story, which I mean is Star Wars. Like there's so much more to Star Wars than the Skywalkers, but like that's how it started. That's that's been the heart of all these films and really like what's driven it. And and just the fact that that's like coming to a close is surreal honestly it uh like i i know this this episode's not supposed to be about all the other trailers but like just uh the d23 footage that they showed a couple months ago like whenever it's just mashing together the first like minute and a half of it or whatever is just showing all the different shots and clips from previous films like from the original trilogy and then the prequels and and where we've gone in the sequels so far and like that just that hits you like I mean it hit me like I remember seeing it in theater like that tra- they played that trailer before I think they played it before Joker the first time I saw it 
and like that i mean just chills like everywhere it's just it's epic it's this huge gigantic bit larger than life fantasy sci-fi like it's like sci fantasy it's just there's so much here and so there's so much story there's so much history and lore and characters and time and just emotion and everything invested into all this and the fact that we're watching the end of it now like it's almost over it's just it's just insane um but i mean i guess talking about the trailer specifically and the trailer itself aside from all the emotional stuff that i very obviously have attached to this film and this series um just from what we've seen in the trailer like this movie looks incredible it's like it goes part of it goes back to what i was saying earlier and the fact that star wars has never looked better um I think that even the people who really dislike The Last Jedi, which I'm not one of those, um, I love The Last Jedi, but even the people who disliked it, I feel, can agree that it looks phenomenal. It's one of, if not the best looking Star Wars films, and um, I think that this, like, I feel like The Last Jedi and Rogue One, as of, of the films released, are the best looking Star Wars films, but I think think that the rise of skywalker is going to take that crown like the first trailer that we saw i was like damn like this movie like looks visually stunning and then we saw some like more footage of it from d23 and we got the shot of um like kylo walking towards ray on the like broken death star on whatever planet the like the water planet and i was like damn like that that crane shot is so so good um and i was like man this movie like visually i don't know how like, this this might be it and then, you know, after seeing this last trailer, like, the, the final trailer, I think that, yeah, visually this movie is going to take the cake for best-looking Star Wars film, which is just insane to me, because I, I, I remember when The Force Awakens came out, I was like, damn, like, this movie looks so good. It just, like, just watching it, you're like, yeah, this is a feast for my eyes. And then, like, The Last Jedi came out, and I was like, holy shit, like, this movie somehow looks even better and then now this is coming out and I'm like, how is this even possible? How can they possibly make this look better than what we've already seen? Like, and they're, it's somehow doing that. It's it. I don't, my mind cannot comprehend that. Um, and so, yeah, just from a pure visual standpoint, which I is one of the biggest proponents of films for me. I know that's like, kind of seems like a no shit statement. Like, oh yeah, you're like watching it. Of course you want it to look good, but like good cinematography in a movie, like, Oh, it's just it's so crucial to me, and it just, if it has noteworthy, if a film has noteworthy cinematography, it just it gives it that extra step for me, and this one just looks like it's knocking that out of the park on all accounts, and so super excited about that. The score, we know Williams is doing the score again, and like, I mean, that's going to be insane, um, but yeah, besides just the, like the visuals, like what we've seen, like I don't I don't even know what's going on in the story, really. Like, we know that Palpatine is coming back. We've heard his voice. We've sort of seen him in this latest trailer. He looks like he's... I mean, we see his hood kind of from the side. And, like, he's moving forward in what I can only assume is this giant throne that's helping him move, uh, like, towards Rey. And um, so the fact that he's coming back is wild. The way that he's coming back is something i'm very curious about so the the, the maybe i guess go-to way for this because like 
Sith cheating death is something that's been in Star Wars lore. And, like, we know Darth Plagueis, like, who was Palpatine's master. Um, and he actually name drops him in Revenge of the Sith, if you don't know. He talks about Plagueis the Wise. Um, says that he, like, found a way to um, cheat death. And that's how Palpatine is, like, seducing Anakin in Episode 3. But, um, so, the Sith cheating death isn't a new concept. And it's actually something that's been built upon even more recently with Charles Soule who is a fantastic writer. He uh, wrote the most recent Darth Vader comic. And in that comic, it explored... Um, oh, I'm blanking on this Sith Lord's name. It's Mon something, I think. It might just be Moth? Mon? It starts with an M and an O. Um, but he's the architect who actually helps design his... Um, his I don't want to call it Force Ghost because it's not exactly the same thing. Um but his dark side spirit is um, what's tethered, uh, for lack of a better word, to uh, a, this, his mask, his Sith mask. And through that, he's able to communicate and still be around as a spirit. And he actually is the one who helps Vader design Darth Vader's castle that we see on Mustafar in Rogue One and things like that. Um, and so, but anyways... With this, we see that Sith are able to tie their life force to relics, and he actually, at one point later on in the arcs, slight spoilers, I guess, is like he's given a physical form kind of to fight back um, because of him being able to tether his life force to this relic. Um, and so that, I feel like, would maybe be the go-to for like bringing Sidious back. Maybe he's done that. Maybe he's got his life force tied to i mean the death star is kind of a big thing to have your life force tied to but like um to something and that's how he comes back but then i also don't know about that because like i don't know he looks more physical than what we saw of the other sith lord in the comic so i don't know but that would make the most sense as far as him coming back from the sith side of things because we know that the sith don't exist in the same way that the Force Ghosts for the Jedi users do, like Yoda, like we saw with Yoda in uh, The Last Jedi. Like, they don't, they're not able to do that after they die. Um, and so, it's going to be really interesting to see how he comes back into play in this film. Um, I will say it's something that was really, really cool that I actually saw on Twitter, because um, there's a shot that's obviously of Palpatine's throne, and it's this big, like, stone thing, and he's got these huge... I mean, spikes, I get, they're not really spikes, they're like, I don't even know how to describe it, they're, I don't know, if you've seen the trailer, you know what I'm talking about, the way that his throne, like, looks, um, apparently is based off of throne room concept art for Return of the Jedi from way back in, like, 81, I think, um, which is just a really, really cool touch, I think that's awesome to see, um, and so that was cool, um, but, like, besides that, I don't really know, like, obviously we know that Palpatine will be coming back, and we know that Rey is on a, f but I mean, besides that, I, I don't really, I don't know what's going on in this movie. Like, this, each trailer that we get just gives me more, like, questions than answers, kind of. Like, they're, the only answers that we get are shots that we can be like, oh yeah, that has to take place at the same time or place as this. Like, there's the trailer, uh, the shot from the very first trailer that we got where we see Kylo, like, igniting his light like he's walking like quickly towards the camera and he ignites his lightsaber and it looks like it cuts through like snow or ice on the ground kind of and like that shot 
I feel like has to take place at the same, roughly the same time or the same place that the shot of Ray looking at Sidious walking forward is because the ground looks the same and the lightning going on around looks the same. And I feel like that's at this ice planet wherever that we see this insane wide shot of TIE fighters flying towards it. It looks like it's a glacier above water, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just like, that's just what the planet, I don't even know if it's a planet, but like the structure is, it looks like it, it that's, it just looks like a glacier, like with half of it underwater, but I don't think that's the case. Like, I think that's just the full like thing. Um, and so that's pretty wild. And I don't know, like that's, so like we know those shots go together like we know of course the like water shots or the shots of the the water planet where like kylo and ray fight like obviously those shots have to like link together that sequence has to take place at the same time like we have the shot of um a ship flying or it's not even i don't it's kind of a ship like flying over some of those waves and so we know that's at the same place so that's kind of have to take place at the same time but i don't know besides that i'm not sure like as far as the timeline of this movie like i would assume that the shots we see of ray training in the forest on i don't know what planet um we can assume those take place at the beginning just because that would make the most sense and then from there it maybe goes to the desert planet where we saw the shots of like kylo coming at her with the tie fighter or his interceptor and so like maybe from the forest to there and then i don't like at this point i feel like the water planet fight between ray and kylo takes place earlier on in the film than what we would maybe be led to believe by the first couple trailers or even this trailer like that seems like a final fight type thing but i don't know i'm not convinced of that anymore i feel like that takes place like around the midway point because we get that but then there's also the craziest shot in this trailer to me is the shot of ray and kylo and they're both destroying this thing we can't tell what it is exactly like with their lightsabers and I have no idea where they are or what that thing is. Like, they're in this... It looks like the interior of a ship, but it's all white. And they're destroying this. It almost looks like a statue or a shrine or something. Ray has a dagger in her hand, which was pointed out by some people on Twitter. Um, which there's a ton of speculation about what the dagger might be. Um, and so... But I, like... That shot to me is so wild because, one, it would appear that Ray and Kylo are working together, which is something that I feel like will definitely happen in this movie. Like they're, I feel like they'll 100% work together to take down Palpatine by the end. But that to me, like that shot is so perplexing to me because I'm like, when does this happen? Because the biggest thing that makes me question that is the fact that Kylo is wearing his helmet in that shot. And so Kylo's wearing his helmet there, but he's not wearing his helmet whenever him and Rey fight on the water planet. And so that leads me to believe that the water planet takes place before that, and then they go to leave, and he puts his helmet back on, and they go do whatever. But then I'm also like, well, I narratively, and just practically, I feel like after he takes his helmet off, he doesn't put his helmet back on, you know? And so, but then it doesn't make sense for them to be doing that and like working together and then afterwards be fighting again at some point, which I mean, I guess I know that happened in The Last Jedi. They worked together for the throne room scene and then they started fighting again by the end of that. And so it could happen, but like, I don't know. And so that shot just has thrown me for a complete loop. I don't know what's going on. I, and I don't know where that shot 
could take place in the runtime of the film. I just don't know. Um, and so, yeah, first act, I guess, would be like ray training or whatever on the forest planet and then the desert planet. And then um, I feel like the water stuff or the Death Star stuff kind of happens in like the second act, maybe, or like towards the middle of the movie. Also, we know now that the movie is two hours and 35 minutes making it the longest Star Wars film by three minutes, mind you. <laughs> the Last Jedi was two hours and 32 minutes. Um, but I'm happy with this. I'm glad that it's that long. I was, I had guessed a couple of months ago and was hoping for two hours and 47 minutes. I didn't really think that it would get to be that long. I just kind of wanted it to be. Um, but two hours and 35 minutes, it's only 12 minutes shorter. Uh, I still think it's a really good time. That gives them enough time to do everything that they have to do, I think. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I'm not, I don't know about the order of this and we haven't seen like anything for the Knights of Ren. Like we know the Knights of Ren are in this movie and we haven't seen shit for them in the trailer. We, I just remembered that shot from the like first trailer that we got of Kylo, like mowing people down in that forest. It looks like it's on fire. Where the hell is that? Well, I guess that could maybe be the forest that Ray's training at at the beginning. Actually, now that I think about it. But, like, that's a dramatic change. If, I mean, I guess if it's completely engulfed in flames, it would make sense. But that's such a dramatic change in scenery. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. See, this is what I'm talking about. I don't know when things fit together in this movie yet. The trailers have done a really good job. And then we also get Evil Ray at some point, which I know a lot of people, kind of myself included, think that's, like, a vision of things that are going to happen. Um, but, like, we got that shot at the end of the D23 footage of, like, Dark Side Ray. She's in a cloak, like a black cloak, and has that double-bladed like red lightsaber what the when the hell does that happen um i don't know it's um then we all we have scenes with carrie fisher between her and ray which that does take place on the forest planet i the one that we've seen does so i assume that all of them will um so like we have that the desert sequence with like poe and finn and and all the other rebels and stuff um we know that's i would assume earlier on in the movie um I don't know. There's so many things like there's, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. Like when things are happening or what the like overall plot is exactly. Um, I mean, obviously like stop Palpatine, but like how and when and where, and like, eh, there's so many questions. And then some of the coolest shots that we've seen, um, uh, we saw it in the, again, the D 23 footage, the, um, all the like Imperial star destroyers, the thousands of them i'm gonna go ahead and say thousands there's probably only hundreds that you could see on screen right now but oh my god there's so many of them and that's terrifying and like we get that and then we saw in this most recent trailer we get like basically the same shot but with all the like rebel and like good guy ships i know there's like the ghost which is a ship from rebels that has been spotted there and a bunch of other ships from like star wars lore in general that have been spotted there which is insane to see um and those look to be taking place at, like, the what I would assume is a climactic fight. So we have, like, the Rebels versus the Empire, for, or the the the, um, the Resistance versus the First Order, or what... See, that's the other thing. Like, how does the First Order exactly factor into this? Like, what are what is their role? What are, I mean, we know that Kylo is, like, Supreme Leader now, but, like, what's he doing? Like, what's his... What's their goal? They already destroyed, like, most of the major planets in the system at the end of the... Or in The Force Awakens. So, like, what's going on with them? Um, I don't know. There's so many... Oh, there's so many questions. But overall, I'm just... I'm 
incredibly hyped about this. I think the trailers have done a fantastic job of showing us enough and not too much. Um, just enough to really get me at least hyped. I know that pre-sale tickets for this film have been bonkers and like the, the first night, like last night they went on sale and uh, I know they, they broke Adam, uh, Adam ticketing or whatever's their, uh, their record. It like outsold Endgame in the first hour and like by like 45%, which is a lot. I know it like broke Fandango, I'm pretty sure, and AMC's site. They were like down for a while because they couldn't handle all the traffic. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is this is gonna be pretty insane. It's I'm trying to think if there's anything else major in the trailer that I wanted to that I wanted to hit on. I know I got the throne thing with with Palpatine, and uh, the shots with Kylo and Rey. Um, oh, the scene with three PO when he's they're like what are you doing man and he's like i'm just taking one last look he goes at my friends oh oh rip out my heart dude that's so oh immediate i'm gonna immediately start crying in the theater i almost cry watching that on the trailer bro like that's oh that's such a heart punch right there he goes i'm just taking one last look sir at my friends no no, I'm not ready, especially with whatever has happened before that in the movie and whatever I, we know is coming after that in the film. I'm not I'm sobbing on spot tears going everywhere. Um, that's really cool. Someone also pointed out there's like a battle droid from like the prequels in that sh like in that scene. Um, we get BB-8 rolling into battle, which is pretty crazy. It just, like, the final fight in this is going to be insane. It looks so wild. Um, just all the Star Destroyers, all the good guy ships. We have Finn, Poe, and Rose, like, running across a Star Destroyer. We have, I just, there. it's too epic, really. It's, I don't know. We have the shot of Rey and Kylo in the destroyed throne room of the Death Star. I don't know if that's before they fight or after they fight. I just... I don't know and it's kind of stressing me out a little bit but i'm also just so excited um yeah the narration that we get too like i know poe does some of the narration and then also luke a little bit in the trailer i believe and then it ends with leia saying like always because the final like line is like the force will be with you and leia says always and like oh dude i just almost started crying right now like that's that's a that's a punch to the heart Oh man, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited, I, I can't wait for this film, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say, really, I, I'll talk about the final shot, kind of, the final shot in the movie, not that I know what it is, but if you, if you hadn't heard this story, uh, a while back, Kevin Smith was, like, doing an interview, and, um, he talked about visiting the set of, uh, of rise of the skywalker or rise of sky rise of the rise of skywalker come on alex said the title right um and he talked about it and uh he said he visited the set and um he was going around and like looking at all the the different stuff they had and uh these people kept on coming up to him and like oh hey you have to go to like whatever building you like there's this set that's just insane like you've got to check it out you've got to see it he said that a bunch of people kept on telling him that so he was like okay so he went and he like went to and he went to go to like that set and it was inside this like building you know and jj was like out there and he was like hey like jj like everyone's telling me there's a set that i've got to see it's like in here and it's apparently like super crazy or whatever i just like everyone's telling me i gotta see the set so like what's this like set 
And he said that JJ like looked at him and he was like, you don't want to see this. He's like, this is the final shot of the movie. And like, I'm telling you like as a fan and a fellow filmmaker, like you don't want to see this now. You want to wait. You want to see this in theaters. It's going to blow your mind. Just like, trust me, just wait. And so, oh dude, what? Oh, I don't even know what to think about that. And so like Kevin Smith said that he like, didn't look. He was like, I didn't, I trusted, you know, JJ Abrams, of course. And was like, believe them, but like, Dude, what's the, what is it? What is the final shot going to be? Like, that's, man, I'm already having like a breakdown and we're still two months out from this film. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be good. I'm so, I'm so excited. So, so excited for this movie. The, the final trailer was fantastic. Uh, it gave me so much, so much Kylo content just in that trailer Ray content, Finn, Poe, saw BB-8 going into the battle, Chewie a little bit, C-3PO, R2-D2, Leia, oh, everyone, it's the end of the Skywalker saga, I've just, it's okay, Alex, calm down, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm near, I'm like at 50 minutes right now, uh, I'm closing it on an hour, and uh, my allergies are starting to be terrible again, so I don't know if I could stretch this for, for another another 10 minutes, so I think that, that in, in the man totally just lost my train of thought there but in the service of not repeating myself over and over again and also trying to keep my composure i guess i'm gonna cut myself there uh so yeah the final trailer for the rise of skywalker looks fantastic can't wait for that movie to come out so i could do a full i'll definitely be doing a full episode review of that it'll probably be like two hours honestly because there's gonna be so much that i want to talk about with that um, before then though, I'll be doing, like I said, rewatches of the entire Star Wars films. I'm going to be going in order. I'm going to go one, two, three, solo, rogue one, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I'll probably break those into like, I'll do one, two, three as an episode probably. And then probably solo and rogue one as an episode. And then probably four, five, six as an episode. And then probably seven and eight as another episode. I think that's probably how I'll end up doing that not sure that might change might make them more might make it less i don't know we'll see how i'm feeling how much i have to say about each movie after i watch them but i will be doing that in the coming weeks slash month and a half two months because uh, i'll definitely want to have all those up before the rise of skywalker comes out um, so there's that so be sure to subscribe to either my youtube or podbean spotify apple podcast stitcher Whatever you use to listen and or watch this podcast, be sure to subscribe there so you can be on the lookout for those. Um, also, all my other plugs for social media and whatnot. Um, be sure to follow at Comic Book Debate on Twitter if you don't. Check out their website. I have a bunch of articles up there. I do editorials and analysis, mainly for comic books, but also sometimes movies for that website. Be sure to give them a look. They're definitely worth it. Besides me, there's a ton of very talented people that contribute to that website. Lots of great pop culture analysis and editorial content on there so be sure to check them out uh be sure to follow at comics bookcase on twitter and check out that website at comicsbookcase.com i contribute there i do reviews for justice league detective comics and batman uh tommy gun wizards which has actually just been renamed earlier this today actually news broke it's now machine gun wizards which is an indie comic that recently started i reviewed that as well it's a fantastic series I do editorials for them also sometimes, so be sure to give them a follow at Comics Bookcase on Twitter. Check them out. There's also a ton of talented people that contribute there. It's another very great website, so if you're interested in all that comic book stuff, be sure to check them out. Um, 
Besides those two, you can find me on Twitter at Batman Files if you don't follow me there already. It's my Batman fan account where I just, it's as it sounds, I just post a lot of stuff about Batman all the time. Um, that's the account that I'm the most active on on Twitter, really on anything. That's my main go-to account now, so be sure to follow me there at Batman Files for more daily Batman content. Um, you can follow my personal Twitter at APBatman with two T's. Um, that's where I talk about everything else besides just Batman. Star Wars is mainly, I, I talk about Star Wars on there. I talk about fantasy, sci-fi, music, movies, all the other stuff that's not exclusively Batman related. I try to keep to that account. That way there's a bit of a separation there. Um, it's a lot more random, but yeah, tr you can follow that if you want for just more random thoughts by me. That's at AP Batman with two T's. Um, and then if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can also find me there at APB.comics. Um, I've recently gotten kind of bad about posting as consistently on there um but i run that basically how i run my batman account on twitter it's pretty much a batman account where i post covers solicits double page spreads bat facts um and also news relating to batman things of that nature so if you want to follow me on there for more batman content on instagram you could do that I'm very proud of the layout and things that i have on my profile there i'm trying to get consistent about posting there again i was really really good for a while when i kind of like relaunched it with my new layout and graphics that i have on there um so yeah you can give that a follow if you want i'm gonna be trying again to be more consistent about posting on there um and then yeah if you made it this far in the episode thank you so much i really appreciate it the feedback on the first three episodes has been great I really do appreciate all the comments that I've gotten. Um, if you have any feedback at all, positive or negative, if there's something you don't like about the podcast, please tell me. Uh, wanting to constantly improve, make this better. Um, so yeah, be sure to leave a comment on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to this on. And again, if you would consider subscribing, turning the notifications on, leaving a review, it'd be greatly appreciated, again, on whatever platform you're using. And uh, yeah. I guess that that's pretty much it. So thank you again for listening and be sure to tune in next week. Later.